0: Well, uh, shalom, salam, namaste, I'm, uh, hoping that we're connected, I'm, uh, I wasn't able to connect in, in my, uh, usual manner, technical difficulties, I'll have to find out about that later, uh, so I... I'm using the phone, which is uh, new to me, so I'm not really certain that the broadcast is is happening, so uh, I will go ahead and pretend that it is happening, Um, or act as though it is happening. So, this is our Harlem University radio, uh, July 26th. Um, 2022, and um, intro, uh, well, I'm Naeem Abderrafi. uh intro, we study history to find humanity, what was, is, and can be, We write history, memoirs in particular, to find ourselves, So we're encouraging the reading of what should be read and encouraging the writing what should be written. This is the Harlem U mission. Harlem University professors share history. They are writing or reading. You, you listener, are invited to join the faculty. No degree necessary. And in order to do that, and for any reason that you might want to connect with me, any am you would uh, go to uh, the website, which is six zero seven two zero six nine seven two zero dot com six zero seven two zero six nine seven two zero dot com six zero seven two zero six nine seven Two zero, dot com. So, again, we're um, broad- broadcasting live um, on the, on July 26, twenty twenty two, seven p.m. Eastern. <coughs> Started a little late. Technical difficulties. Have to sort that out later. Um, so what we're going to be doing tonight is uh, the Hundred Years' War, uh, and um, which uh, involves a, a discussion of uh, of Joan of Arc. Okay, so let's let's get to that task. All right. So we're reading from the um, from the 1936 uh, textbook, college textbook, um, <coughs> by two professors, Albert Kerr Heckel and James G. Sigmund. The title is. On the Road to Civilization, A World History. Again, uh, published 1936. Uh, the publisher is John C. Winston Company, uh, Philadelphia. So, we're in chapter 23, the uh, title of which is France and England during the feudal period. So we're still in chapter 23. Okay, topic, the Hundred Years' War. As England and France grew into strong national states, a clash between the two became inevitable. There had been jealousy and bitter feeling uh, between the rulers of the two countries ever since Henry II, a French vassal, uh, had added his great possession in France to the English crown centuries of friction and conflict finally resulted in the hundred years war which gets its name from the fact that it began in 1337 and lasted until 1453 but the war was not a continuous one uh, but rather uh, a series of wars. The fundamental cause was territorial, surprise, surprise. The French kings had never lost an opportunity to weaken the hold of England of her possessions in France. This had been done so successfully that the English kings lost nearly all of their lands on the continent. It was natural that the growing French nation should desire to drive the British out completely. There was also an important commercial basis for the war found in the relationship of England uh, with Flanders. Flanders was a vassal state of France, but its trade interests were with England. The Flemish people were the first in Northern Europe to develop manufacturing. Uh, They were especially successful in making woolen fabrics. The English royal wool was the best known at that time at that time, and the Flemish were willing to pay a high price for it. The English regarded Flanders as their best market and were determined to resist the French attempts to interfere with it. Other points of irritation were constant quarrels between French and English fishermen in the Channel. French, uh, French assistant to the Scots who were desperately resisting conquest by England, and, and, and so, okay, another, another uh, point of irritation was the uh, French assistance to the Scots who were desperately resisting uh, conquest by England, and the, and, and the claim to the French crown by the English king, Edward II, Uh, the basis of of which is uh, inheritance through his mother. Finally, the relations became so strained that war ensued. Only a few outstanding events can be given here. The English victories at Crecy and Flanders, in 1346 that's one at Poitiers in Aquitaine in 1356 and and at Agincourt uh, A-G-I-N-C-O-U-R-T I'm pronouncing that Agincourt 1415 these were noteworthy because they struck a blow at feudalism they showed that simple English yeomen armed with long bows were more than a match for French feudal knights armed with their elaborate and expensive equipment. The war helped to increase the power of parliament, for so the extra expense made it necessary that the king asked for frequent grants of money. And, and the king's needs became the people's opportunity the king made one concession after another to constitutional government. Topic. Black Death Speeds Decay of Feudalism. Other forces besides the war helped during this period to undermine feudalism. The chapter really is about feudalism. In 1348, both France and England were ravaged by a destructive plague called the Black Death, now known to have been bubonic plague. England lost one-third of her population, the serfs and, 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 and villains suffering the most. Because of the resultant shortage of laborers, serfs were able to make more favorable terms for their services than before. Thus, the way was paved for final freedom and the ultimate abolition of serfdom. There were also two peasant uprisings. <clears throat> France was devastated by the Jacquerie, uh, in 1938, the Jacquerie, a revolt that took its name from Jacques, the common name of peasant, Jacquerie. Uh, that's the name of the revolt. It was a desperate and savage attack upon the noble classes, and it was put down in bloody massacres. In England, a serious peasant rebellion occurred under the lead of Watt Tyler in 1381. The king, Richard II, guaranteed to to abolish serfdom, but his promises were treacherously broken. Okay, I guess that would be by John, not by him. He was a weak king. Even so, the condition of the serfs continued to improve, and within another half century, serfdom had practically disappeared in England. <clears throat> Topic, Joan of Arc. The Hundred Years' War produced one of the most romantic characters in history. When France was facing one of her darkest hours with the English laying siege to to Orleans and by its probable uh, capture uh, threatening to establish the English king on the French throne, salvation came through a young peasant girl, Joan of Arc. She had visions Heard voices which convinced her that she was under divine commission to have Charles VII crowned rightful king of France and to drive the English from her country. <clears throat> Other women of France made similar claims, but she alone had a hearing from the king. Charles decided to give her a chance, and she was sent with two of her ablest death, two of his ablest generals and an army of 10,000 men to relieve of the siege of Orleans. In 10 days, the siege which had been going on for seven months was broken. Joan did nothing in a military way but her strange presence inspired the French soldiers to a new faith courage my guess was is that they were shamed also, while the English soldiers regarded her as a sinister ally of of the devil, that is, of Satan, and their courage gave way to superstitious fear. The French followed up their victory at Orleans by taking town after town from the English, and Joan, now called the Maid of Orleans, conducted Charles to the cathedral of, of, of Rheims, where he was crowned king in 1429. Joan wished to return to her home, but the patriotism uh, of France was thoroughly aroused, and she was persuaded to remain with the army. A short time later, she fell into the hands of Burgundians, French allies of England, and was turned over to the British. They took her to Rouen, R-O-U-E-N, Rouen, I believe, the English capital in France. England had a capital in France, that was Rouen. Uh, they took her to Rouen, the English capital in France, tried her as a witch and a heretic, <clears throat> and on May, th- May 30th, 1431, burned her at the stake and cast her ashes into the Seine, the river Seine. This cruel execution made her a martyr and inspired the French to renewed vigor. By 1453, the English were driven out of every part of France except the city of Calais, and the Hundred Years' War was over. Topic. Wars of the Roses, prepare the way for English absolutism. One year later, so 1453, 1454 or so, one year later, a struggle for the crown broke out in England between two noble families, the House of Lancaster and the House of York. The struggle is known as the Wars of of the roses because of the badges worn by each house, the red rose of the Lancastrians, the white rose of the Yorkists. For 30 years, the contest went on between these two feudal families and ended in 1485, when Richard III of the Yorkists fell in the Battle of Bosworth Field. Henry Tudor, whose mother was a Lancastrian, ascended to the throne as Henry VII, the first of the Tudor dynasty. The destruction of the nobility during this struggle left Henry so absolute that he was able to disregard Parliament and the Constitution. So, topic. France becomes the United Nations. France also emerged from this period with a strong monarchy. So many of the feudal knights had died on the battlefield of the Hundred Years' War that the noble families were ruined and the king's power consequently was greatly increased. Louis XI, when he succeeded his father, Charles the, Charles the Seventh, <clears throat> Louis the, the set out to crush the feudal lords who still had power, and to add their fiefs to the royal domain. Five important provinces and numerous small fiefs were acquired by this crafty king. His son annexed Brittany. the final to the royal domain and thus practically completed the unification of France the year 1500 therefore found both England and France entering the period of modern history with increasingly powerful uh, powerful uh, centralized nation national powerful a centralized national government and with feudalism and serfdom weakened uh, or eliminated. The king was now in control of national affairs. Both countries were in an excellent position to enter into future colonial and commercial competition with the Holy Roman Empire, soon to be consolidated with the new threatening power of Spain. So we, we stop here. And um, that is as much as... <clears throat> we stop here because at, at this point, um, feudalism is done and we move into a, uh, a new era and a new concern. And the concern uh, is the, the development of the church during the feudal period. Um, so with that, uh, I hope that we have been uh, clear. Uh, and I'm, I apologize for the lateness and I may, I may repeat this broadcast once we get, get things uh, straightened out so uh, I thank you for your uh, attendance and your forbearance. And, and I, if you're if you're accessing this uh, on demand, hmm. then again you know that the live broadcast is uh, on on uh, Tuesdays at at seven Eastern, and that would be a time when um, you could actually join the broadcast either uh, by phone or. <clears throat> Or by chat, uh, but you might be accessing it uh, at at Facebook or at uh, at the um, Harlem uh, University radio channel at at Anchor, um, where it is uh, where the history show is a part of the uh, part of the fair there, the Harlem University Radio. And and where the the shows are distributed to other podcast platforms, uh, which may be platforms that you use. But in order to participate, again, Tuesdays, 7 Eastern. So uh, to connect again, 607-206-9720 dot com six zero seven two zero six nine 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 seven two zero com once more six zero seven two zero six nine seven two zero dot com So with that <clears throat> Shalom, Salam, so long